That entire bike was built in six weeks. Nice. What? Nice. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Pipes episode 108. We've got a big guest in the house. Justin Webster is back to join us. Catch us up on all the happenings that he has going on. New bike builds, bike shows, touring across the country, all sorts of things. Making me sound bigger than I am. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Hogan is going to help me kick this off. How are you, buddy? What's happening, baby? How y'all doing this evening? Doing good, doing good. Beverage? Beverage? Oh, you know, you know I can't come to the show without one. I'm drinking a Heineken in my Loud Pipes koozie, and guess what? 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 Oh, man. It is canned. It is canned. Awesome. What about you, my friend? What you drinking up? Well, I have from Catawba Brewing, and it's a funky can. This is called the Hop Nest Monster. IPA. I don't know what the IBUs is, but it is also in the can. Two in a row. <laughs> yeah. Now up the back. I say now up to bat. <laughs> in the red trunks. The TD extraordinaire. Spider riding fool. Mr. Miracle, how are you? Doing well, my friend. Other than the spider's been in the shop for the last week and a half. Want well, is it okay? Hopefully. 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 Better be. Getting better. Parts this is under warranty. Big bills? Oh, warranty. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Makes life a little bit easier. It does. The short answer is the ECU has to be replaced. Ouch. Yeah, they've gone back and forth with K&M, send them reports and data, and they came out and said, yeah, it looks like the ECU needs to be replaced. Well, thankfully, that's a warranty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It it's uh the issue kind of was or happening the system was reporting that it would randomly fire only on one cylinder. Hmm. So it's not good for a twin. No. Nope. No. <laughs> and so hopefully it fixed all my starting issues I've been having. So All right. And, and my beverage tonight, I'm having an Angry Orchard uh apple cider. Very nice. Canned bottle? Bottle. Red cup? Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should say red cup. It's blue cup. <laughs> We're going to skip our chit-chat tonight, and you've already heard the voice, and you've heard from him on episode 75, I believe it was, when John and I had our little Daytona road trip. So let's bring in our featured guest for tonight, Mr. Justin Webster. How are you? Doing well yourself? We're hanging in there, and you're partaking in our little beverage shenanigans as well? That I am. I'm going to be drinking a Dogfish Head Liquid Truth Serum IPA tonight and uh, using my handy-dandy special wrench. It is in 
a bottle. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice effect. Now you should use the wrench against the machine wrench to open that, you know. Yeah, right. That would have been a, a bit overboard. Just crack the top off the bottle and be done with it. Yeah, this two and a half foot wrench, like. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, so Justin, you've had a busy summer, and we were supposed to do our little meetup down at Barber, and that didn't pan out this year. So I think we want to go ahead and get that update first, since we weren't there in person. We had to only just read, read the media updates. So. How was uh, Barber for you this year? Barber was great, just like it is every single year. It was kind of a a downer with the hurricane that blew through, cut things off a little bit short. Um, but it's just like every year where, you know, it's just a load of good guys running around on bikes. It doesn't really matter, you know, what what you're riding or how old it is or how junky or how brand new it is. It's just an awesome event where everybody's having a good time on two wheels. Nice. Yeah, that's why we like it. It's just, it's definitely a bike lovers crowd. If you're into motorcycles, there's no better, no better place to be. Absolutely. In variety, if you like variety. Oh yeah, everything <laughs> is out there. Now, how was the crowd? Was it as as big as it was the year before, or did the storm sort of suppress that a little bit? Yeah, Friday night. Uh, Friday was probably on par with just about everything else. Uh, Saturday was definitely less than what I would expect as being normal. Right. I think a lot of people that were riding in from further out were just kind of deterred by the forecast, even though the rain came way late in the day. Right. Um, Saturday was actually, you know, pretty nice as far as weather goes. Um, so it would have been a great time for everybody to come out. I think the forecast just kind of kept everybody, you know, at distance and, um, Sunday obviously was a complete bust. They shut down everything, uh, ended races on Saturday. Um, so everything, everything was gone. Everybody packed up pretty quickly Saturday to get out of there. Oh, so we didn't miss much. N- not, not too much. The, uh, drive back to Florida was pretty intense hauling a trailer through the hurricane. So, oh, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. We had mixed emotions. Of course we wanted to go, but then when we found out it, it got sort of suppressed from the storm. It's like, okay, well, I guess we picked a good year not to, not to run down there. Yep. I would say that was a, you know, probably a pretty good call on that one. Yeah. Missed the ride though. That's kind of like our, one of our big group rides, the three of us get yeah. together and run down there. So that yeah. part we missed. So we'll have to do it in February. Which, uh, which way do you guys come down through Atlanta or? Yeah, we, we went through the mountains once, um, Tennessee, John, keep me straight. Yeah, we went through Georgia, South Carolina, back into North Carolina, across the Tennessee. So we kind of did like uh, the first year. We kind of did like a mountain trip, and then ended up over in Chattanooga and came down, yeah, the northern part and came down in. And then last year, Rich decided to swing by or got his helmet painted, so we had to swing by. Uh, where was it in Atlanta, north of Atlanta? I don't remember where it was. We had to go see and picked up Richard's helmet. So we kind of cut across the northern part of Atlanta, which was just horrible. Marietta. If you guys do it again next year and, uh, you plan on going through Atlanta, Fuller does a ride every morning, um, from Atlanta to Barber. So he gets a group of guys and goes from Atlanta to Barber. So if you guys end up making the ride next year, I'd say definitely make that a, a plan to go down, join the team, and then ride over with that group. That sounds like a plan right there. Yeah, the the Atlanta traffic was was definitely no fun. And then coming home, 
was it the last year we kind of went the wrong way? Rico leaving McDonough. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we ended we, up down in Columbia to get to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ever looked at the map, that's not direct. No, not at all. <laughs> but I think we're talking with uh, Mike, our support. He drives truck out of Charlotte and goes down Atlanta. I think that's the way he would recommend going down to Columbia and then across because it's a lot better than 85, he said. So, yeah. It was a good ride. Yeah. Just a little longer. That's all. If if it was a little bit shorter and I didn't have to haul as much stuff, I'd be making the ride too. But very nice. Got all the junk I got to take with me. <laughs> all right, a lot well, of baggage. Oh, sorry, Hogan. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, being funny. Got a lot of baggage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we want to talk about talk about that beautiful 550 that you did. So when we were down when we were down in Florida, it's fair to say that was in the concept stage. You, know, you were still sort of making parts and figuring it out at that point. Yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, when you guys were here, obviously it it didn't look like a whole much, you know, a whole lot. It was just, I think it was when you guys showed up. It was a frame. Engine was uh, in I don't it. Think the, yeah, was the engine in it? I don't, yeah, I don't the engine was in it. Uh, and uh, you know, bare tank. Uh, you know, not a whole lot to it. And that was really uh, about the time that I started pushing pretty hard for the show circuit. Yeah. And getting things done on it. So yeah, it was it was kind of still in the concept phase and I kinda of had an idea of what I wanted to do, just execution hadn't really started on it yet. So we'll have to describe a little bit and then we'll get into the process. But this is a, a CB five fifty. Mm-hmm. What year was it? Seventy four. Seventy four, okay. Yeah. Off by one. And it was you've described it as a, a city tracker. Yeah. So give us a little insight into what that means. The, it would be a city scrambler, but the our city scrambler. The, sorry, you know the premise behind it is that it's it's a pretty bike. Uh, you know the thing isn't meant to go run single track, you know hair scrambles or anything else. Um, you know that's running velocity stacks. Uh, you know it, it's definitely not a scrambler in the traditional sense uh, of the meaning. So adding the city on it, it really is kind of more designed to go tackle whatever you would see in town it's got plenty of ground clearance to go off of curbs and get into places that uh you would see in an urban environment and um that's kind of more the the reality behind that bike it's it's not meant to go off-road or be extremely off-road capable yeah so the, like you said the ground clearance and the agility is more for for an urban setting versus getting all muddy and rock crawling and stuff like that yeah exactly i mean it's it's one of those bikes that you want to jump on um you know, you've got a, a backpack and you just want to go rip around the city, go run some errands, um, super light, super nimble and anything really that you find, uh, in the city, you could tackle and not really have a problem, uh, dealing with it. Okay. So I gonna say, step us through a little bit. So from the bench that we saw, like I said, it was pretty raw, kind of a frame engine. You kind of had your idea, but you know, what does it take then to get it from that to the point where you've got everything on there that you want and now you're you're sort of putting the final pieces together, you know, the paint and the polish and stuff like that. How long does it take you to move from that stage? That entire bike was built in six weeks. Nice. What? Nice. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I mean, that's, that's one guy working. The only things that I didn't do were paint, powder coat, and upholstery. The rest of it, all the mechanical, you know, 
aspects behind it were all done by me. Um, you know, aluminum polishing, uh, you know, fabrication, that custom header. Sweet uh, pipes, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, all, all of that stuff was all done by me. Um, and that all happened in a matter of about six weeks, yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to put... Go ahead, all guys. I'm just going to say we're going to put a link in the show notes to the bike. Uh, it was featured on Bike Exif earlier this year, so that's a good link. Lots of good pictures and a great ride up there as well. So, go ahead. I Andrew. love the exhaust sitting underneath the seat. I think it's. Yeah. I was looking at it until you rolled down. I was like, "Where's there's the other two exhaust pipes are sitting?" <laughs> that that's pretty cool, man. Something different. Nice. Yeah, uh, you know, I definitely. I think I've only seen you know one or two um, four cylinder high pipe scrambler styled exhaust uh systems that i've i don't know there's there's kind of a, a love and hate and i wanted to try and tackle it myself and see if i could i you know obviously everybody sees things on other bikes and they say to themselves oh i could have done that better mm-hmm. um, but until you actually put yourself to the test and uh and actually try and see if you can um you can't really say a whole lot about it and so that was kind of my test to see if it was um, and believe it or not, that's actually the first stainless steel, uh, that I've ever welded and the first exhaust system that I've ever made, uh, for that matter. Wow. That's you amazing. Did, awesome I love job, how you, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I like how you weave the, the exhaust in and out of the frame. It's pretty Thanks. sweet. Wow. Yeah. I wanted, uh, the reason why I, I, I decided to go that route was to try and give yourself a little bit more clearance near your thigh. Obviously the old scramblers, like the, you know, CL series, Honda's. Um, they all had high mount pipes as well, and they all had, you know, heat guards on them, uh, heat shields, but everybody's kind of got a, a story to tell with the scar on their leg from an old CL Honda or, you know, some other factory scrambler. And so in order to try and give a little bit more clearance, it tucked it in through the frame there, um, which definitely made life a little bit more difficult, but, you know, definitely, you know, gave you that that extra couple inches that everybody wishes they had. Right. And it looks amazing. Great job. And you did it all yourself. That's even more mind blowing. <laughs> Not only that you weaved it through the bike, but the, the fact that you've done it yourself is just jaw dropping. Beautiful. Thanks. Thank you. Now in terms of rideability, how much heat do you get off the back of the pipes? I know you've got the extra clearance in the front, but did you get any off the tip there? No, not really. Uh, as far as sitting on the bike, you've got a couple inches uh, from that that muffler on the back there. Um, I haven't actually gotten to ri- ride it a whole lot. I've been super busy with some other projects, and it's actually I'll down right that. now. <laughs> I <laughs> I uh, I decided to switch out some of the electronics on it, and uh, so it's unrideable at the moment. Nice. Now, what else did you fabricate in terms of parts? So I know you have a whole line of parts that you do. Or you, sorry, you have several parts that you do for the CB series. Anything new that you created on this that that might be a part for you in the future? Uh, yeah, there were a couple items on that one. Uh, I think I launched right after I got done with that bike, um, the speedometer gear drive delete. So that one is live on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some uh, fork gator uh, collars that go onto the stock forks uh, at the top of the fork gators. On those old Hondas, whenever you remove the fork ears off the headlight uh, and you run like an aftermarket set of ears or you do a pedestal mount like I did on that bike, uh, you no longer have a place for that fork gator to connect to. Uh, and so on that bike, there's actually some uh, one-off 
fork gator collars that I might be coming out with that are kind of prototyped on that bike. Now, so you have disc brakes on the rear. Is that the factory setup or is that some, uh, is that an aftermarket piece? On that bike, it's got a drum. Or I'm sorry, drum brake. That's what I meant yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, drum, drum rear is a factory on that bike. The old Honda F models are the ones that ended up getting dual disc, but they, in my opinion, were worse than the drum brakes that Honda offered back then. Very nice. Hogan, anything else from your end on this one? Oh, yeah. Well, when, Besides when wiping up the drool. <laughs> I know. Just like, oh, my God. I want this bike. I it's for sale. Bike. Really? Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about <laughs> price later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you just missed the Black Friday sale, so. Oh, yeah, I said I said 15% off everything, but you missed out on that. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> oh, it is beautiful. Now, the cool thing I noticed from, I think it was on your Instagram site that I saw that you've invested in some new tools. Those come along after this bike, or was that part of the process? No, that was actually part of that process. Uh, Bailey Industrial makes some really cool uh, products, and it really helped me step my game up and be able to do projects that would have taken me forever or I wouldn't have been able to do here at the shop. I would have had to either go to another person's shop, use their equipment, Mm -hmm. or I would have had to subcontract it out. And so, you know, having that new equipment here, the shop definitely, um, you know, helped me go to that next level. And, you know, I've definitely got my, my wish list and my Christmas list of, uh, you know, new equipment that I want. So, but, uh, it's hard, you know, equipment like that is expensive. Um, you know, Bailey industrial really does a good job at making that stuff affordable for the small shop guys right. and they have their different lines. Um, and so the stuff that I, I ended up getting was really kind of perfect for, for my shop and what I'm doing and the, the point that I'm at and what I could afford. Um, but I'll definitely be, you know, adding more and, uh, the garage since you guys have been here has definitely gotten a lot smaller. Tighter. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I had to move some stuff around and just got a, um, a big uh, fixture table as well. It's actually what my laptop's sitting on uh, talking to you guys right now. Nice. And uh, that's from CertiFlat. And uh, it's a real big frame jig uh, table. And uh, so, yeah, there's definitely some cool stuff that's happening and continuing to push forward and invest in myself. Very nice. Now I know why you don't have a kegerator. <laughs> it's, it just keeps getting smaller. Like I said, I'd have to stick it to the ceiling somehow. Well, since you're sitting talking about a frame, table so you want to start making your own frames yeah that's uh that's the plan is to you know really kind of continue to grow and continue to push myself and you know try and push the limits of what i'm capable of and i think that um one of the next steps for that is you know really to dive into you know the the full meaning of custom motorcycles which is you know trying to hand make as much stuff as as possible as i can on these things and uh that fuel injected CB750 that you guys saw when you were here last. Your first bike. Uh, yep, that bike. <laughs> uh, that's that's the one that um, is going to receive kind of the prototype for uh, doing some custom frames. So that one's just going to continue to get even more and more expensive and <laughs> more and more crazy as far as terms of uh, you know CB750s go. So you're going to make kind of frame, just curiosity, frame out of like a 750. The CB kind of frame, kind of duplicate it? Uh, not necessarily duplicate, um, 
pretty much just going to slap the motor up on the, on the jig and, uh, you know, just kind of go my own route and do, uh, some modern geometry, uh, on the, on the frame. That bike has really kind of started to morph into, I guess what, you know, the cafe guys, the guys building race bikes back in the day really would have done if they had the technology that we have available today. Um, and so that's where the fuel injection comes in. Uh, and I have a lot of other stuff planned, uh, motor wise on that bike. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely started to take more of a modern MotoGP sport bike, nice. uh, you know, super bike type feel to it. Nice. All right. So I know this bike is gorgeous and deserves to be shown and I understand you've toured it around the country a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, when did the handbuilt show in Austin, Texas, uh, put on by revival cycles Nice. and, uh, went out and did the OG motorcycle, uh, motorcycle shows, the outliers guild, uh, motorcycle show. Uh, it was their first annual show in Los Angeles. Nice. Now this was your second invite to the handbuilt show, correct? Yes, that's correct. Very nice. What's it, what's it like down there? I mean, that's one, there's a ton of shows we need to get to, but yeah, it's what's incredible. that like down there? the handbuilt show is just really kind of unlike anything else that I've ever been to. Um, they really pick top tier builders and that's, you know, it's not just the big names. It's guys like me, uh, you know, trying to, trying to make a name for themselves. And, you know, they really go through the steps to make sure that the guys that are out there are kind of worthy of, of being there. Um, and when you walk in there every year, it just gets bigger and better. The size of the venue, uh, is kind of just perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's plenty enough walking room for people to go around, um, and check out all the bikes that they've got there and they display them so well, it's so well lit. Um, the vibe is just awesome. It's kind of like Barber where everybody's there just to have a good time and enjoy motorcycles and the culture that surrounds it and the people that are there uh, in the industry are just absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, if you have not been to the handbuilt show, it's, it is a must go to event. And it's April. I was looking at the calendar earlier. What is it? April 20th through the 22nd. 20th. Thank you, John. And, and also to note, this is by invitation only, correct? For the building. Yes. That's why I was saying, yes, it's second invitation, which is a nice yeah. little feather in the cap. Yep. So I'm incredibly blessed to have, you know, two years gone. Um, definitely sweating what I'm going to have to build for next year, because it's <laughs> like I said, it, it's, it's one of those shows that really, it drives you to better yourself. And when you're around all those other incredible fabricators and, um, and, and people in the industry, it really pushes you to be the absolute best that you can be. Um, and try new things. And when you're walking around, you see something on someone's bike and you go, God, that's a really good idea. I'd love to try my hand at doing something like that. Um, and so it really, it really pushes, you know, the people that get involved, uh, to step their game up and every year has just gotten better and better. The caliber of bikes have just grown higher and higher. Um, and it, it's just, it's an amazing experience an amazing show. So here's a quick question since we got a little break. Um, one of our guys in Oregon asked, have you heard about the one moto show in Portland? I have. Yeah. 
And he says your style would fit well there too. So yeah, the, uh, the one moto show is kind of, uh, it's been around since I started, you know, really looking at doing this stuff professionally. Um, I've considered making the trek, uh, that's literally from complete opposite ends. Um, you know, probably the farthest that you can drive unless I was down in the keys, uh, as far as you can drive in the continental, uh, unless I went up to Alaska or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a trek. And, um, I don't know if I put my hat in, a, you know, my name in the hat for the invites next year. You know, if you get invited, you really can't say no. Yeah. Um, you really have to commit have to, pounce to on the it. event. Yeah. You have to commit to the event before uh, you get the invite. Um, but uh, yeah, that one and uh, the Mama Tried show up in Chicago. Um, I'm really kind of debating whether or not I'm going to be able to travel around and do all of those and get a bike built before, uh, you know, shows next year. So, so, so just let you know, if you decide to go, our buddy, uh, Roger in the clubhouse that he's got a bedroom, a room for you to crash at. If you need, if I you appreciate go. it. Yeah. Normally I sleep <laughs> out of the truck or my, my motorcycle trailer. So, you know, if you decide to take a trip, you know, contact us. Hello, pipes guys. We have people across the state, uh, sure, across the yeah. country. Yeah. We've got a show that, that just started in Charlotte last year. The, the congregation show. And yeah, that, I saw that, that. Put on by Prism Supply. That was that was really cool. That was just an awesome vibe to hang out and feel like you were describing with the handbuilt show. It just was a neat venue as well. This is like an old, I guess it's an old abandoned factory where they used to make uh, cars at one point, and I think they assembled bombs at one point. It's it's got a wood floor where the the wood is stood on end, sure. and the just the lighting is cool. Really cool place to see old choppers and you know, modern bikes and it was really neat. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the congregation show, I, I saw wind of that. I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't commit for another know, one, my name in a hat. Yeah. So once, once you start doing enough of these, you start realizing that traveling around the country gets really expensive really quick. So you have to pick and choose. Yeah. And this year it's the 14th, so it's going to be real close to hand build. So a lot of the uh, the shows are starting to, you know, a lot of really good shows are starting to pop up all over the country. Um, and so it's, you, you kind of have to start picking and choosing which ones you want to attend. And, you know, the Handbuilt show, that was my first show that I had ever really attended and mm-hmm. gotten an invite to. Um, so I, I'm definitely trying to make those, uh, you know, my, my key shows. They gave me my first opportunity. Um, and I want to continue to try and push myself, build something really cool and, uh, get an invite as many years in a row as I can. Did you end up doing caffeine and octane down at, uh, Jekyll Island? No, I missed out. Uh, I was so deep in the build of that, that 550. I, I was <laughs> trying so hard to get that bike done for caffeine and octane. Um, and, uh, I just couldn't make it happen. So Handbuilt was really kind of the first one that I could jump to. And uh, I plan on going to uh, Caffeine and Octane this year, uh, you know, dropping my name in the hat to uh, mm-hmm. Brian Fuller and the guys up there uh, and bringing the, the 550 um, up that way. Yeah, they brought their, their crazy modus there. Yeah, that thing's pretty intense. Pretty wild. Did, you, did you get to hear it run? We've heard a couple of clips, yeah. <laughs> it sounds oh, it amazing. So wicked. I mean, the bike's amazing anyway, but... yeah. It absolutely is. Cool. All right. Let's see. Anything else you want to add on either of those two shows? And then I think we want to talk about sort of some of your time in 
in LA and just the West Coast in general. You know, I know that was a new thing for you. So, yeah, I mean, headed out to the OG show, the their first annual, uh, you know, show was was absolutely amazing for being a first show. Uh, you know, the the vibe that they had there was, you know, kind of similar to what uh, is going on at most of these bigger shows now. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had an art exhibit there, which really highlighted a lot of. Uh, you know, the photography side of the industry. And I think that's such a kind of an overlooked aspect of the industry um, because the reality is it's without photographers and, you know, people showcasing stuff that guys like me are building. Right. Nobody would know who we are. And, you know, a lot of people see the bike and they go, oh my gosh, this guy built this bike, but they don't recognize the guy that shot it and made it look amazing because if I went outside with a Polaroid and I started passing around pictures of it, <laughs> they'd be like, Oh, think, your kid built a bike. How nice. <laughs> exactly. It just doesn't come across the same way. Um, and so to have that, uh, included in it was really cool. Um, and Roland Sands had a really cool exhibit, um, there with some of his flat track bikes that, uh, he had set up and it looked like a crash scene with, uh, you know, dummies flying all over the place. It was, just a really good event. I plan on going there again uh, this year if I can get something built in time. And uh, yeah, it was just a really good time. Nice. I think that's the key. You got to figure out what you're going to build. That That's exactly the key. Yeah. All right, Hogan, I don't want to step on you. you trying to get in there? Well, well, no, <laughs> you're on, asking buddy. all the great, you're, you're asking all the right questions. So, you know, I don't want to hog the mic. I, it's cool. It's cool. You got the better radio voice anyway. So it's all good. But anyway, um, got that got that deep bass getting in there, you know, know right? I got good equipment right. in the rack over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I think uh, I had a question about you know when you're attending some of these shows and you're seeing all the different bikes, you know, the inspiration that you get um, to create your own bike, maybe in a, a similar style. Okay, so let me put it this way. So after going to a couple of shows, what bike you foreseeing yourself build next for the next show? Um, I really want to get into the Triumph market. Um, and I think that's kind of a shift that I want to do next. Um, and I've let a couple people know about it. You guys are kind of one of the first ones that, you know, are really, you know, getting a little bit more of the public information on it, but I definitely want nice. to start getting into the uh, the Triumph market, and um, I'm trying to get my hands on something. And uh, I don't know, I, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where you, I guess, it's more of a the inspiration side from the shows really comes from the craftsmanship and the fabrication side, and seeing how guys are doing certain items, and then using those techniques to do your own thing. So. As far as what I want to build next, I think, you know, that's more of a, I guess there's a personal object. So I, I think kind of one of the, the items that I've been eyeballing for a while now is kind of a enduro, supermoto, adventure bike, mm. kind of all crammed together somehow. Um, Using and so, time. yeah, and, and I don't think that's something that, you know, many people have done. Uh, there's not many bikes out there that are kind of done that way. As far as triumphs go, uh, you've got their, you know, street scramblers and the scramblers that, um, 
you know, people have definitely made to be more off-road capable or, uh, you know, they've set them up as, um, you know, kind of more of a super motor type, uh, style with, um, street tires on them and stuff. But, um, I want to do something that's got, you know, some long travel suspension, mm. um, mono shock, you know, maybe something like single sided swing arm. Um, now this would, you, this would be a classic bike though. You would start with, right? Yeah. One of the retro moderns, probably not, not, uh, not one of their older models. Nice. So a little bit like what the, what the tiger is, but using a classic model to do it. Yeah. So, you know, kind of, I guess paying that homage back to the, the old styling, um, but something that is more modern and capable, uh, fuel injected, don't want to, you know, deal with the carburetors anymore. And, you know, half the time, four carbs, that's a lot of fun, isn't it? (laughs) And half the time when I sell a bike, you know, I get a customer that calls me back and says, you know, the thing's not running quite the way that it used to. And you ask them when the last time they did any type of maintenance on it or when the last time they rode it. And they're like, oh, I rode it like six months ago. And, uh, and you know, these, these old bikes, they weren't meant to run on ethanol fuels and, Mm -hmm. you know, they get gummed up really quick. And so, you know, definitely dealing with that side. I'll never, I'll never stop dealing with them. I just love them too much, but, uh, it would be a breath of fresh air to get something made for today's technology, today's fuel, um, and be able to just jump on it, turn a key and go ride instead of having to, you know, fart around with it. (laughs) Okay. So, so talking about that. So what would you suggest people do that, that have, carburetor bikes older carburetor bikes and you know don't tend to ride them that much what do you what do you suggest them do to store their bikes or what kind of maintenance they should do before they ride it you really have to set the bike up for storage um and so that's that's what a lot of people don't and and i don't fault them you know it's one of those things where you get off the bike and you don't intend to not ride it for six months but life gets in the way next thing you know you know half the year's gone by and you go, oh yeah, I've got that bike outside. I'll go for a ride. Um, and then you get out there and it's only running on one cylinder because the carburetors are gummed up. Uh, and so you really have to just be realistic with yourself with how much you ride certain motorcycles. And if it's, you know, an old carbureted bike, um, you know, my advice is to drain the, the fuel bowl and get everything out of the, the carburetors that you can. That way, next time you come in and, and want to go for a ride, everything's nice and fresh. It's not just sitting in there full of fuel that's, you know, solidifying and turning into a big paste. Yeah. You guys have, um, ethanol free fuel down there. We do. Uh, it's only at, uh, Sunoco's. Yeah. So I I think only, only Sunoco's run, or I think some raceways and stuff like that have, um, have ethanol free, but it's few and far between. You you just kind of take what you can get. And on these old bikes, when you don't have a, a fuel gauge you fill up when you can when get you it can, yeah 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 it's kind of a weird shift there was a bunch here in charlotte and it seemed like more and more stations were having ethanol free and now it's sort of tapered off or is kind of going away like the place i used to go to they don't have it anymore and those couple of places i used to pick up the the 100 octane race gas which was ethanol free so i would use that in the summertime and i can't find that anymore either yeah i'm curious if that's kind of in correlation with you know how economy got down people weren't out riding around in boats and mm-hmm. you know having power sport items that you know were just kind of a disposable income type situation 
um, and if that'll come back. But it would be nice to see more gas stations carry some eth- ethanol-free options. How long? So dovetailing on what Rico was saying, how long would you recommend storing or leaving it sit if you were just treating the fuel? Like if you put some sort of stabilizer in it or ethanol treatment, you think that would last a couple months, or you would still drain it? I would still drain it. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as keeping the fuel fresh, um, stabilizer and stuff will will definitely help out with the 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 stuff that's in the tank. But I would still just preventative maintenance drain the fuel bowls anyways it it doesn't take that long to drain a fuel bowl um most of these old hondas they got a couple screws you just turn the screws and it dumps out on the floor mm. so it it doesn't take long enough to not do it very nice cool so my next question was um you know what you know going around the different shows the different bikes that you're seeing what really gets you going? I mean, what what type of bike really gets you like get you to the geeky point where you're like, oh my god, you just kind of geek out, you know? You just want to know all about what happened. Look at this. Bike. Look at that. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Let's of them. Talk- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? there 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 isn't there isn't a subsect of motorcycles that I don't like. Um, they all have their own individual personalities. They have their own riding styles and their own purposes as to why they exist. And I think the way, uh, you know, that, that things are done can transfer over and they can move and shift between those different, uh, you know, cultures and those different designs of bikes. Um, and so I think, you know, to answer the question is that every single style, every type of bike kind of gets me jazzed up and I take away what I what I can. And, uh, you know, I definitely have used a lot of things that, you know, say like my, my buddy, Josh Allison, who was on the TV show with me, he's huge into the old school Harleys and stuff. And all of his stuff is, you know, phenomenal handcrafted. And, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff I've taken from him and he's given me some advice on things that he's doing. And, I'm applying that to a, you know, completely different platform than what he's working on. Um, and so it it crosses all over the place and I take inspiration and geek out on some of the weirdest stuff. I mean, you could slap like a, a really awesome scooter in front of me and I'm going to geek out on it. Like, I mean, as, as long as someone's put some time in it and, and really, you know, worked on it and has put some passion into it, I can see it in, in every place. It's like the ruckus crowd. I've seen some of those with like turbos and yeah. you know, stretch chassis and stuff. I mean, there's some real passion there. Absolutely. So Rico, I got an idea. What's that? So, you know, I have a sort of a newfound fetish for sport touring bikes, mm-hmm. but I'm still sort of Harley at heart. Right. So I think we need Justin to take a, like a Sportster 1200, make it into the ultimate sport touring bike. I was just thinking that. Let's do it. it. <laughs> Chop stuff up and make it happen. Some big Olins on the front, you know. Yeah. Nice set of brakes. Make some cool bags. Uh, that is too funny because I was so, I was <laughs> just thinking that, especially when we start talking about his buddy with the Harleys. I'm yeah, like, I was crazy. like, hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, forget this know, adventure it, thing. We need a sport tour. Bring- Rich and John have seen him when they were here. I've got I've got two Harleys here at the shop. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I, I I enjoy all different types of bikes, and you know, I'm not 
I'm not one of the guys that says, you know, I, I only bleed Harley or Honda or, you know, whatever brand or, or, you know, style of bike, everything does a different job and it has a different purpose and I enjoy all different styles. Yeah. I was telling John after our visit in January, I was like, you know, I, I really like that about Justin and, and people in general, you know, if you're into all the different makes and models, it, that's, it's so much cooler than if you're just single brand focused. Sure. It's a lot, a lot more fun conversations at that point. It definitely makes life more difficult when you're trying to manufacture parts though. Cause well, yeah. <laughs> I want to manufacture parts for everything. And you know, when it comes down to it, it's like it, it, you start looking at money in the bank and uh you know trying to manufacture parts for everything is is a hard thing to swallow uh unless you've got some you know big capital ballers behind you everybody needs grips and stickers yeah exactly <laughs> you can always make stickers yeah cool so let's talk about some of your riding so i know west coast trip for you lane splitting yep. first all that stuff good yeah, time out on, in california yeah re- really good time um, so on the, on the way out, uh, I, I, I didn't know about the LA trip until I was, um, actually at the handbuilt show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually kind of somewhat of a surprise to me, um, that I was going to be actually headed out that way. Um, and so I had the trailer loaded up. I had, uh, my night train in there along with the 550, and, um, just decided to head out. There was about a week, uh, week and a half or so difference between uh the handbuilt show and uh the og motor so motor show um and so i just kind of made a little mini trip out of it and nice. on my way out i would unload the bike and you know go rip around a road that i found uh that looked cool or was highly recommended by people um did a bunch of mountain riding um you know some little spots out in like arizona um you know just kind of pull off dump the bike out, go for a ride, put it back in the truck, head on down the road until I finally got, uh, you know, out to the West coast. Now you didn't ride the 550 much in the mountains, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And how was your, your first lane splitting experience? Cause I had an absolute ball doing that. It was fun. It was actually my first lane, but uh, lane splitting experience and my wife's cause she was on the back while we were doing it. So, Oh, nice. oh. Uh, <laughs> so what she giving you the slap on the side and stop. <laughs> Uh, she actually told me not to do it, uh, you know, when we, cause I told her, I was like, Hey, while I'm out here, I have to experience lane splitting. And, um, she told me that she didn't want to do it, uh, you know, while we were out there and especially for it being my first time. And when we got out, we, we were headed out to, um, the coastal roads and on our way out, there was literally, I mean, we, we would, it would just had to sit in traffic. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there was no other option than to lane split. And so we started getting along and started doing it. And she kind of, I, I felt that, that grip start to tighten up on my waist as she's, you know, started mm-hmm. to experience it. But then, uh, she just kind of relaxed, leaned back on the sissy bar and, you know, enjoyed it just as much as I did. Yeah. I had a similar situation. I was just, you know, being a good little boy, staying in traffic. And then it was really slowing down and a couple of sport bikes came by and they, they sort of slowed down and waved me on. They were kind of like, dude, don't wait in this traffic. Like follow, follow us, please. Right. <laughs> but the problem like, is, man, you, what are you doing? The problem is you enjoy it. And then they start picking up the pace and you're like, that's yeah. really thrilling, but I don't know. I don't know. about yeah, you, this. Def- <laughs> you definitely have to ease into it. And, uh, you know, the guys out there, they have a lot more experience of doing it. 
And so, you know, some of the, the, the rates of speed that they were going through traffic, uh, I, I definitely could not keep up with. And I, I did not feel safe, you know, traveling at that, at that rate of speed. But, uh, you know, we took our own, our own time and did it our own way and is extremely enjoyable. I wish that, uh, you know, more states would, would pick it up and, you know, make it legal. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. You done that, Hogan? I think we talked about that one after the California trip. You've done it, right? The lane. Uh, no, it's been a it's been a minute. It's been a real long minute. Uh, well, he's done some legal lane splitting, but yeah, I don't yeah, say I do it exactly. in Charlotte yeah. too, but that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little cyberm action, yeah. So too funny. Oh man, I had a good ride yesterday. Whew. I haven't been out like Rico said. I haven't been out in a minute on the bike and. I had an appointment yesterday morning and I just, it was so nice. I'm like, you know what? I am not going back to the office real quick. And I just blasted for like an hour <laughs> before I came back to work. Much needed. To be honest, I haven't ridden in probably since that trip, um, you know, get back and you start getting busy and, you know, with kind of the workload with, with everything that I've got to get done, there just, there isn't time, yeah. you know, to, to go out and ride. I mean, it's, you know, sun up to sun down working. Um, and then by that time it's dark out and, you know, you can get in a little bit of a, you know, a sprint. Um, but yeah, I haven't, haven't done a whole lot of riding myself. Yeah. And your shop's right there. So it's not like you're commuting anywhere. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now here's a question for you and never followed up with you on this one was when the hurricane went through and we chatted on your, uh, on Facebook about stuff. You said a tree fell on the trailer with the bikes. Oh, yeah. The bikes get damaged? No, the bikes didn't get damaged. Um, you know, when you when you look at the trailer, you actually don't... It doesn't look like it got totaled out, but it, it totaled out. Um, so the, the tree... I, I store my trailer uh, out at a buddy's property, and uh, it sits underneath an enclosure, uh, like an overhang, and... He showed me a picture after Irma came through and everything was fine. And the picture was to say, Hey, look, you know, everything's good. Uh, the area around the enclosure is a little bit flooded out, so we can't get back there. Um, but everything looks good. And then about, uh, you know, three or four days later, he sends me another picture and, uh, it's kind of the same angle. And so I look at it, I was like, Oh, he just resent the same picture. And then when you look at it a little bit closer, you realize that there's a giant oak tree laying on top of the enclosure where the, the trailer is stored at. Um, and so, you know, at that point in time, you start to panic and you start thinking the worst. Um, and so he, he made the, the trek out there, you know, slapped on his boots and waded through the water in order to get back there to make sure everything was okay. And uh, he came back and said, you know, it looks like the tree fell, the enclosure's holding it. Nothing is touching the trailer right now. And, uh, so at that point in time, you start thinking, okay, how can I get out there to get the trailer out before the rest of it starts falling? And, uh, you know, he was, he was pretty certain that, um, the enclosure was holding it pretty well. And then the next day, next morning, he sends me another picture and the enclosure had collapsed fully and, oh. uh, that the oak oh. tree was now resting on top of the trailer. Um, no way. yeah, so it hit just right at the right angle to where, uh, the tree raked the entire enclosed trailer backwards. Uh, so in order to fix it, you'd actually have to basically build an entire new trailer. So, 
but luckily the bikes bikes weren't hurt um it did get a little leak in it but uh, none of the water came down on top of the bikes because the those are the show bikes that were inside that trailer at the time and uh both bikes are just raw steel raw aluminum yeah. so you know a major uh water leak sitting on top of them would have just you know obliterated them yeah, and just to just to remind people, these are the bikes from Wrench Against the Machine episode four, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, that would have been tough. Did yeah. you have other bikes in there too, or just those two? Just those two at the time. Nice man, got lucky with those bikes. Yeah. Did the bikes find a new home now? Uh, yeah, they're uh, <laughs> yeah a, a, a secured storage facility that's uh, you know all enclosed, not inside of a trailer anymore. So yeah, they they found a new home. Might have a big Rottweiler out front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of these days, I'll have a nice big shop, and I'll put it up on the uh, on the wall. So, yeah, you need like one of those cool like overhead barn storage areas, you know, with a ramp. Yeah, you just like ride them up in there and park them. Yeah, exactly. So let's see. There's another thing I wanted to touch on, and sort of open my eyes to another cool builder, which is Max Hazen. Yeah. So you got to see his shop while you're out in California. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, while I was out there, I got to hung, hang out with a, a, a bunch of cool builders, um, see their shops. Um, you know, I went by uh, Max Hazen's, went by Dustin Cott's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I wanted to stop by Shinya's place uh, on the way out, but timeline just didn't work out. And he had invited me out there, but I, I just couldn't make it make it work. Um you know, hung out with uh, Jay LaRosa and saw his shop and how he's doing things over there. Nice. And um, how's he doing just himself? He's doing really good. You know, he's still up in spirits. We try to get kicked out of a bar together and <laughs> we were unsuccessful, but we tried our hardest. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, definitely a good time out that way. Max, uh, you know, his his shop is really cool. It's, uh, you know, studio sized. Uh, up on, I can't remember, like the third or fourth floor of like some building in LA. Um, and uh, the way he's got it set up is just, you know, perfectly suited to what he's doing. It's kind of, you know, how I have my shop set up, um, you know, here is, uh, you know, exactly laid out to how I'm building things and how I need things uh, done. And his is, is no different um, other than, you know, He's doing some pretty incredible stuff with motorcycles and yeah. you know, his level of building is definitely far and above uh, where I'm at currently. Um, and so watching him do that stuff uh, was pretty amazing. And uh, to see some of the bikes that he was working on at the time, I got to help him out with the Ducati, uh, you know, putting the battery in it before he shipped it off to <laughs> the new customer overseas and, you know, helping him out with a few things, getting the bike off the, the lift and, yeah. you know just kind of pitching in where I could and it was a good time. Max is a really good guy. And, uh, he's one of those builders that he's very humble. Uh, he looks at it kind of the same way that I do is that, you know, what we're doing is, is fun. And a lot of people take it way too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it kind of skews their thought on what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're basically kids playing around with big, you know, Lego sets, you know, yeah, we're having fun doing what we did when we were kids. Um, and so there's definitely some aspects to it that are harder than, than in normal, but, um, you know, Max just has a really good outlook on all this and 
he's a super approachable guy. And if you ever see him out running around, you know, he's one of those guys that you can just sit there and talk to and he'd be happy to, to strike, strike mm. up a conversation, not, not just about bikes, but anything. Yeah. I'm going to put a link in our show notes for this episode. Uh, he was on a show from with, uh, Anthony Bourdain where he just went through the process of how he builds and they did a little riding and, you know, they just talked a little bit about life and how he does things. And that, and that definitely rang through very, very cool guy. And I got to check out more of his stuff. That was really neat. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. You know, when, when I first started seeing, uh, Max's stuff pop up and how detailed and how he makes every part on that bike, you know, you start thinking about, you know, obviously my background is in, you know, machining and, you know, you use CNCs and stuff like that, but you really can't get an organic feel when something right. is being made by a machine, unless you take that out of the machine and finish it off yourself. And so when I first started seeing Max's stuff pop up, um, you know, I thought that that's kind of what he was doing was he had all this cool equipment that he was manufacturing this stuff with. <laughs> and man, he takes a piece of one inch bar stock and <laughs> just starts it up going. And, goes to town with an angle grinder and, you know, shapes it into what he needs and makes it, you know, literally all by hand. And so it was very refreshing to get to see, um, you know, that, that come from him and Mm -hmm. realize that, you know, a lot of times we make excuses of, we don't have the equipment needed, um, or, or anything else. And that's ultimately what it comes down to is that it's just an excuse. You, you know, can buy pretty much most of the equipment that he's using uh in his shop and and get to work it's just a matter of creativity and a matter of doing yeah a few few basic tools will go a long way and absolutely it's a small you know it's a small story a small victory but i had a similar thing with um the r6 that i'm working on where i needed to get the front axle off and i didn't have a huge allen key to turn it off and as i looked around some people online had said if you have the right size spark plug socket, you just turn it around. It'll fit right in there. And sure enough, I went up to my garage, grabbed a five eight spark plug socket, turned it around, stuck it right in the bolt. It was perfect. <laughs> Had the wheel off like three minutes later. It was awesome. Yeah, it's just it's a matter of just getting creative, you know, creative with what you got and you know, getting out there and just getting it done and stop making excuses about it. Yeah. And then the next day I I bought five sets of <laughs> Allen sockets and keys. <laughs> I've got them all now. <laughs> good stuff. Awesome. So you had fun on the West Coast. That's good. Yeah, it was, it, it was a blast. You know, Jay is a is a great guy. Um, Shinya, super humble guy as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk to him, you know, he just, he acts like he doesn't deserve any of this. And I think that's just more of his background and where he came from. But, yeah, I mean... Dustin's a really good guy. His shop is kind of set up the same, you know, just doing what they love to do and they're, you know, following their passions and their dreams and just making it happen. So they're all, all really good guys. And pretty much everybody that I've met in the industry is, you know, of the same mindset and construct and, you know, just really is a, you know, big bunch of guys that are living out (laughs) childhood dreams. So. Yeah, the motorcycle community is is really cool, and that's what we we enjoy is the, the humbleness of most people is just we're just doing what we like, and we don't really have big egos about it, which is cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back in time a little bit before we talk about your future. <laughs> let's go back to your your beautiful CB750 that you did. 
Sure. And we have to give congratulations because we know that was selected for Bike Exif's annual calendar. Congrats on that. Thank you. Mine's in the mail. I got an email a couple days ago that it's coming. <laughs> it's a great calendar, man. I mean, you know, I actually didn't know about it. Craig Rodsmith, uh, who was the guy that I went up against uh, mm-hmm. on, on the TV show, um, he was actually the first person to, to, to tell me about it. The only person really to tell me about the fact that it was in there. Um, the guys at bike exit didn't even, you know, give me a shout and say, Hey, your, your bike was in this thing. Um, and so Craig, Craig called me up one day and he's like, Hey, you know, congrats, blah, blah. blah. And, uh, you know, I didn't believe it because when you go on their website, it shows all the 12 months, uh, worth of bikes. It doesn't show the 13th month, mm-hmm. which is, which is mine. Uh, and so, yeah, so, so I ended up just ordering it and eventually it came in the mail and was the, the January of 2019 and nice. yeah, pretty, uh, it, you know, bike XF has been one of those websites that you know starting off in this this whole adventure has been kind of the i don't know the thing that you test yourself against if i can if i can get to that level and i can get our bikes you know my bikes featured on there Mm -hmm. uh then there's some some level of success that's been obtained and so to have them you know feature the 750 the 550 and put the 750 into their calendar um you know has really been humbling and uh, you know i'm super proud about it and um the guys over there at bike exit for just a bunch of really good fellow aussies yeah well and, and you talked about the photographers so you've obviously had some great photographers working with your bikes because the pictures of those are just fantastic yeah i've, I've been blessed to run into some really good photographers along the way and um you know that's just part of being uh, at the shows mm-hmm. um the the one the 750 that i built last year um was actually for the photographer that shot those shots um and so he's actually the owner of that bike um, nice. it's here back in the shop getting some maintenance items done on it um but uh, he's been out riding around that bike daily uh so it's he's enjoying the heck out of it and um yeah i've been you know super blessed to run into the right people and nice them been them you know being willing to give me the time of day, uh, to go out and, and shoot those bikes. Yeah. And you're super active too. I've looked at the comments on bike exit for the 750 and even the 550 and you're very active in there. And I think people appreciate that. You know, people will post a comment and it's nice to say, Hey, well, look, the builder is actually responding to me. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's kind of surprising that more people don't do that. I, I love interacting with the people that, you know, are, are, critiquing the bike, uh, you know, or praising the bike or flat out hate the bike. Um, so, you know, I love interacting with all of those people and, um, I think it's just part of it. And I, you know, I really find pleasure in talking to those people and hearing their thoughts and, um, you know, just interacting with everybody. Yeah. And you have to hear the critics too. I think that's important. You know, everybody wants to be, you know, it's nice to get praise, but you have to listen to your critics too, because that's how you get better. Sure thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they bring up valid points, but then you also get the keyboard warriors that, yeah, yeah. you know, Just they gripe about everything. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you build or how well you build it, or, you know, if you were a factory engineer, you still screwed something up. So mm-hmm. yeah, well done. And we're going to have links to both of those bikes in our show notes. And if you haven't looked at 
you know, Justin 750 or the, the newer 550, just beautiful bikes. I encourage everyone to take a look at it and, and grab the calendar. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Not at all. We get nothing for that, by the way, but it's still a nice calendar. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, as far as calendars go, I've had a lot of, you know, motorcycle related calendars. And when this thing showed up in the, in the mail and the quality of it and, you know, the, the way that everything's set up is bar none, the best calendar I've ever seen. Oh, I can't wait. I got it on the Black Friday sale direct from the publisher. So that's a good one. Very, very nice. Well, let's see. Unless you have other questions, Hogan or John, I think we'll talk a little bit about the future. Yeah, let's talk about the future. So you gave us a little inside, Iggy, on the the Triumph and where you may be going with that. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, either show-wise, bike-wise, that people will be excited to hear, or maybe just some behind-the-scenes stuff at the shop, either way? Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the direction that I want to start heading is, is branching out, um, you know, from my start, which was the old vintage Hondas and manufacturing parts for those. I want to get into other brand specific bikes and I want to get into some universal fit parts that the home builder can buy manufacturer, you know, a a mount for some rear sets, Mm -hmm. um, but still provide those very high quality parts at affordable prices. And, um, I think there's kind of a little bit of a hole there in the market for those types of things, um, that are very well made and, um, at an, at a price that people can really afford the regular Joe Schmo, um, that isn't going to go out and spend, you know, $400 on a set of rear sets, right. Uh, but be able to get the same quality and it's hard, uh, you know, I manufacture all of my stuff here in, in the U S and, um, you know, to, to compete with prices like that is very difficult. Um, and so it's, it's definitely, you know, work and product, uh, process and, and, uh, you know, to make it all come to fruition is definitely a challenge and, you know, the entrepreneurship game and starting a business and, you know, doing this all by yourself is, um, yeah. it's a challenge. It, a lot it's of work. not, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. And there's days where I want to just kick a bike off the the lift and just say, screw it all and go work at Best Buy. Um, you know, but you know, it's, Oh, let's not get crazy that, now. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think, I think the reality is that I'm too stubborn. I can't quit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I love the suck too much. You know, it's one of those things where even when I'm sitting there, you know, hating life, uh, you know, it's, it's still enjoyable to me for some messed up reason. I don't know what it is, but it is, but, uh, yeah, the, the future is definitely, um, to continue to grow, continue to branch out, get my fingers into some different markets and see, um, how people like, uh, what I'm doing. And I think triumph is kind of the next step off for me on that. Nice. And, and one, one man show for now, you've no aspirations to pick up a partner or you need any extra hands in the shop, that kind of thing. Still running by myself as of right now. Um, I don't know. I've had some discussions about, um, you know, partnerships and stuff with, with some other people that are interested. Um, nothing has come to fruition at this point in time. Um, I don't, I I don't know, uh, if that will, but, uh, as of right now, you know, the plan is to kind of continue to push forward and do my own thing and see how it turns out. And, you know, obviously at some point in time, I'm going to have to get 
you know, some help in the shop and, and, and try and divide up my time. Cause right now it's, it's rough. Um, you know, it's definitely, like I said, sunrise to sunset, um, and past that. So, you know, I do literally everything from building the bikes, designing the parts, uh, sweeping the floors, accounting, uh, you know, literally, (laughs) yeah, like literally every aspect, uh, you know, social media, that's, that's me replying to people. It's not, um, you know, someone else that, that I pay to do it. It's not, uh, you know, a lot of social media stuff nowadays is, uh, you know, paying bots to, you know, go around and and do do your bidding for you. Um, that's, that's me liking your picture. It's me commenting in your comment sections and genuinely having a discussion with you, uh, when you send me a, you know, a DM or something like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of work, but I'm enjoying every second of it so far. And, and honestly, I can tell you that since you send, when I send you a DM, it's like no time later, boom, it's back. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of look at it the way that I don't know. I, I would, on the other side, if it was me sending something to someone else, you're kind of excited to get a reply back and hear what the answer is to your question. And, you know, I really try and be on top of that stuff. My, my phone is in my pocket and, you know, my wife will probably be the first one to tell you that I'm on it all the time. And that's because, you know, I'm talking to people, I'm answering emails when they send, you know, things in about parts or Mm. even, you know, people send me stuff in about, you know, what I did to, rebuild the engine or how I finished it or, you know, stuff like that. And so, you know, I'll actually take the time to, uh, you know, give some tips and tricks to people through email whenever they call in, um, that, you know, does, it, it doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's not making me money, um, or anything else, but, uh, you know, I enjoy those relationships and I enjoy helping people out where I can and being a part of the community and giving back where I can. And I think that's kind of uh, the way that I, I do it. Nice. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. You're, you're definitely building relationships, you know, and that's, that's what it takes one person at a time. You have to make that connection. You can't, you can't hire a bunch of people to just splatter social media and expect that to be something that's going to be valuable. It's just going to be noise. Absolutely. And I, you know, like I said, is that, you know, every, you know, 4,000, you know, 348 followers or whatever I got right now, it's, <laughs> literally, you know, you probably talked to all of them too. I probably talked to every single one of those followers and, and, you know, had a discussion about what their project is that they're working on, um, or what's going on in their life and, um, you know, helped out people where I can. And, uh, you know, I, I value those relationships and I value the followers that I have and, um, you know, their support and all this, because ultimately I couldn't, I couldn't do it without, uh, you know, all of them, you know, pushing through and, and making things happen for me. So, so Rich, you want to move to Tampa? Oh, no, Jacksonville area. You you want to go down there and be his floor sweeper? Is that what you want to go do? <laughs> no, I, I wasn't hinting at that. <laughs> I've got enough to oh. do with this three ring circus. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I mean, you could get down there and you could start playing with bikes and you could be a social media person. And I, I know you got accounting background, so then you can take care of his accounting form. Yeah. Someone's got to shoot the video, right? When I get, when I get big time, I'll, I'll start making some calls. There you go. <laughs> I, I know a couple of IT guys that uh, I might might have to hit up. Yeah, that we can definitely figure out. Yeah, we can do that. Awesome. So anything else, Hogan? Otherwise, we're going to do eight days a week. Well, let's see. The only thing also, I guess, would be if you could have 
anything for your shop, what would it be? Oh, well, good that's one. a big, broad question there. Um, <laughs> a bigger a shop? Whole, a whole new shop, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a thousand more square feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, right now I'm working at it. I think this thing is 20 by 21 or something like that. Um, and so it it is packed in here. Um, and so having, you know, probably something along the lines of like a thousand square feet or 1500 square feet would make my life Mm-hmm. way more enjoyable but uh i don't know you know that that's a question that kind of goes back to what i what i discussed which is you know making excuses and early on uh, in all of this i i was a a big violator of that i was you know saying that once i get this piece of equipment or once i mm-hmm. get to this point you know then i can really start doing things and the reality is is that all of this has happened on its own timeline and, you know, just getting out there and working on a daily basis and doing something breeds that productivity. And, uh, I think that's the only thing that I could ask for is maybe a little bit more space to make myself not go crazy, having to like step over something or move five pieces of equipment just to get to one. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's probably the route I would have to go is a few more thousand square feet to work out of. Nice. All right, and then and then probably you got the four guy little munchkin running around there too, probably in your way too. Yeah, uh, you know, my wife and I are definitely getting to that point where you know we're thinking about kids, and um, so you know, having a little a little helper running around the the place would definitely make life easier, but at the same time, way harder. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say help is very relative. Yeah, right. <laughs> very <laughs> relative. <laughs> Well, just, well, I was talking about your uh, dog, your 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 dog dig, or, or well, your that, um. That's the cult. same thing. That's like having a kid. So yeah. yeah, he's he just he just makes my life miserable sometimes. And uh, you know, you, last time you guys were here, we were talking. He was out digging to China behind our backs, <laughs> and uh, he still does the same thing when I'm not paying attention to him or big hole. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll dig a hole, and you know, it's normally when I'm sitting there under the hood welding something and. I have no eyes on him at all. And next thing I know, I lift the hood on my, on my welding helmet and, you know, turn around and look at him. He's like, you know, halfway dug himself into the ground. A snout full of dirt and loving it. Yeah. Those are time portals, by the way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'm pretty pretty sure he, he, he runs off someplace into that time portal while I'm welding something and then comes back right at the nick of time. So. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, we have a fun little segment that we do and we started by, well, it started in the clubhouse. We've, we've told the story before, but you know, we, we sat around and talked about what would our ultimate garage look like, but instead of leaving it sort of wide open, we decided to put some parameters on it. So the idea is seven things to ride or drive or pilot, whatever. And then you need one project. So we call that eight days a week. You're on, Mr. Webster. Um, so I think where I'd have to go with it is I've got I've got an old Bronco here. You guys saw it when you were here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an old '79 Bronco. That was my first my first truck. I uh, went to high school in that truck. Met my girlfriend, now my wife, in that truck. Rode around. Uh, so I definitely have to put that one on the list. My old '79 Bronco. 
probably restored. So it's you know, not a headache to drive around anymore, but, uh, that truck to drive around. Um, I'd like, you always have to have a pickup truck, um, in the lineup, uh, you know, going, throwing stuff in the back whenever you need to go get supplies. But I'd like to put a, a twist on that and make it an old resto modded truck. So something that's got some modern drivetrain in it that has, um, you know, some of the creature comforts, fuel injected motor, you can get in it, you know, fired up, go have fun. Uh, but it's got that old school feel to it that, um, you know, that, I don't know, makes you smile when you turn around and look at it type truck. So I definitely have to put that one on there. Um, any brand on that one? You want to tie it to a brand? I'm a Ford man. Yeah, I'm a Ford man through and through. So uh, boy. I'd, have, I'd have to say, you know, some some old Ford, probably like a 70s or maybe even like an old F100 or something like that. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely have to say it'd be a Ford. Yeah, yeah, good uh, call, good call. The next one, I think I'd have to say uh, my dad's my dad's old vet. He's got an old 59 vet. And we weren't allowed to touch that car. We weren't allowed to drive that car, work on that car growing up. Um, you know, he he was always the one that that worked on it and drove it. Um, it's an old 59 uh, Corvette with a 283, two, two four barrels. Uh, it's a two, 270 horsepower car. Um, and it's a factory big brake car in Crown Sapphire. So it's actually a, a pretty rare uh corvette in in those terms um and i think for that year uh in 59 there was only like a couple hundred and the crown sapphire actually made and then after that couple hundred only a few if you know you know single digits in the big brake car so definitely like to get my hands on that car and and uh you know go toy around in it now you um you realize you're killing me because i'm i'm dying to hear what kind of bikes you want in your garage I know, uh, you know, I think as far as bikes go, I think, you know, I'd, I'd need to get to, so I, you know, I definitely an adventure bike, um, you know, the, the bikes that you can go saddle up, throw a bunch of luggage on, go anywhere, um, you know, and, and just really enjoy, I think I'd have to have some type of, you know, BMW, uh, you know, like the big GS. GS twelve hundred yeah. adventure uh or like the you know the Ducati um multi strata what is it? Strata Enduro, mm -hmm. uh something like that. I definitely have to put that on the list, one of those two. That seven fifty, my first bike, getting that one completed and having it in the garage, I'd definitely say that that's a a top pick. Where are we at? We at like that's five. Five? Um, hmm. <laughs> that's a tough one. My dad was a, a pilot, um, in the air force. So I grew up around planes and I plan on getting my license at one point in time when my wife gives me permission. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's holding me back right now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I'd like to get like an old, um, Cessna, Skymaster, like a O2 uh, military planes, or even like a Piper Cub, one of those two. Would love to have one of those. Hmm. One more and then a project. Probably. I'm going to go with probably like a, I don't know, like a Harley Bagger. They could just jump on 
Uh-oh. again, just kind of go anywhere. Super comfortable, something that my wife can just lean back in and go run around. And then You're a roadmaster. Yeah, no. No, you don't. There's definitely <laughs> there's there's definitely a lot of like long long trips that I'd like to go go do. Uh, you know, I want to. I've got this dream of going and doing a four corners ride. Oh, nice. Um, and so I need, I'm trying to figure out where I can budget months on end that I can go on this four corners ride and what bike I want to do it on. The reality is, is I think I'm I'm going to build a bike and then go do it on the bike that I built. Um, there you go. But That's uh, awesome right there. And then, so where, where are we at? Seven? That's seven. Uh, or project. Project, whatever. Project. I don't know. I, I think I'd like an old boat as a project. Like an old that's, Chris Craft boat or something like that. That's a different one. We haven't had one of those yet. No, that's two in a row. Like, a, you know, it's, I don't know. There's something about old boats that just kind of I geek out on that. Uh, I think the craftsmanship of those old boats are just incredible. And I don't know. There's something satisfying about working on a an old wood boat or something. Isn't that what Rogue wanted? An old uh, Chris Craft wooden boat? Yeah, he wanted a Chris Craft, you know, wooden motorboat. But yeah. It, but, but it wasn't his project. No, but I'm just saying that's two for the wooden boat, though. Like two in a row. Right. But this is, you know, Justin's project. It's We haven't had a person pick a boat as a project. Yeah. And you've got the first plane, I think. Yeah. Because the only other one that the only other one close would be Mike. He wanted a rotary engine in his bike out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I you know, I, I love, you know, all things automotive, whether it's cars, trucks, motorcycles, uh, airplanes, boats, but it doesn't, doesn't really matter what it is. As long as it's kind of mechanically driven and cool, I'm into it. So it's got to work on a train next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want a diesel locomotive. <laughs> show, up, show up on a on a on a tractor trailer, my wife just stares at me. <laughs> what have you done? Now, now the four port tour, you trying to do this like over a few months and take like scenic routes and do all that? Yeah, so I want to do a four corners ride and um you know start down by the keys go all the way up and all the way across all the way down and all the way back again. Um, and along the way plan all of the cool riding roads and make little deviations and, uh, kind of, I guess the, the ultimate bikers experience and bikers trip, um, what everybody kind of dreams about doing it, just going and doing it all at the same time, meeting people along the way. Nice. Um, you know, really roughing it, you know, have a little pup tent, packed on the bike and sleep on the side of the road and, you know, do it do it the hardcore way, I guess you'd say, and not, you know, figure out how to blow a bunch of money on hotel stays and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely have a, witches out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. No. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing I can say on that one, not, not saying I did this, you might want to do it. If, if you want to have a little one, you might want to do it before you get the little one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause you, then you're going to have to wait 18 more years. Yeah, exactly. At least uh, 10. Def- definitely have to invest in some, uh, you know, anti monkey butt powder, uh, you know, stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, definitely. It, it, it would definitely, I think push my limits as far as riding. And, um, but I don't know, it's just an experience that I, you know, me and my buddy, uh, from high school, talked about it early on in college when we first started riding 
and uh, we've never really shaken it. And so, I don't know, we've been trying to figure out how we can make it happen. But the reality is, is that a trip that long on motorcycles is really kind of like a six month adventure. Yeah, that type of trip. So, so just kind of go a different way with it. Uh, a cousin of mine that lives in out by California, out in San Francisco area, rides, and he's done the four point tour in eleven days or whatever that challenge is. Mm-hmm. Done those twice. Ouch! <laughs> that's <laughs> rough. That's just that's just hauling it on on roads. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to take a little bit more time and actually enjoy. You know, what, what, yeah, what you're riding around. I mean, there's so much here in the States that I think we take for, you know, for granted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people dream about going overseas and, you know, seeing all the sites over there. And, you know, I don't downplay it as far as history goes. There's a lot of, of stuff that's, that's absolutely amazing to go over there and see. But here in the States, there's a lot that, um, people don't realize that you can go do and see it's all right here and relatively our backyard. Um, so I definitely want to get out there and experience it for everything that it's got. And I think that would be a pretty incredible way of doing it is on the, on the back of two wheels. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Very nice. Nice list by the way. Thanks. All right, Justin, before we shut it down, just uh, let everyone know where they can where they can find you, the best place to look you up online and things like that, and we'll put it out there. Sure. So we're on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, all of those are J Webster Designs. It's uh, J period Webster Designs. Uh, as far as uh, parts and uh, website, it's www.jwebsterdesigns.com. Very nice. All right, John, Rico, I'll give you guys last call and then I'll shut it down. We'll get on to the downshift. I think we can shut it down, brother. I think we've uh, held them hostage long enough. <laughs> we can release the I'll, shackles. I'll, I'll go all night. I got I got, got some more beer in the fridge. I'll go grab some more. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what we oh, do. We, 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 you know, we sort of stop the recording, grab another beer, and then kick it into the downshift. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So, uh, you want to talk about events real quick, Rich, before we skip that off? Yeah, let's just hit events real quick. So, a couple that we may do this year is Easy Riders Bike Show. Again, will be January 20th here in Charlotte. And we mentioned earlier the Congregation Show, which will be April 14th this year. That'll be the second iteration of that show. And let's see, the first ever Loud Pipes Meetup. We don't have a date on that yet, but... Probably nothing until late spring, early summer, most likely. And John is going to do the second annual Moto Amino East Coast Meetup, June 9th. That is correct. And that's now in Wake Forest? That's where it's going to be this time, yes. Confirmed. All right. Well, thanks for that, Justin. We're going to go ahead and thank our riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. Oh, hang on, hang on. One more real quick. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Brother Bacon says, don't forget to mention the drag day that you're working on. Yeah, I don't have anything solid on that one either, but I did reach out to at least one dragway who they're going to be getting back to me soon. And yeah, we want to have a a day at the drag strip for, you know, listeners and friends and people that want to come by. And so we're trying to set up where we can just rent a drag strip properly and just 
have all the facilities, have everyone come out, run some times, get some good bragging rights going. I think that'd be fun. That'd be cool. You better watch it. Justin might bring his uh, some, his old 750 over there once he gets it up and running. Oh, yeah. yeah. It might be a sleeper bike. <laughs> We're going to see a two-liter blower hanging off the side of it. <laughs> yeah, right. I, d- I do plan on going from 750 cc's to 1,000, so. Mm. Nice. Hello. All right, John. Can I go now? Yes. <laughs> All right. So I would like to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support and apologize we didn't do each name one by one this show, but... We've had some changes in the clubhouse, so next show we'll reset that with uh, new titles, new categories, and things like that. Uh, but we do encourage everyone to check out loudpipes.net slash donate. If you're getting some value out of the show, then we appreciate a little bit in return. And we do the show most Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's loudpipes.net slash live. And if you get the Mixler app, you'll get notifications when we do go live. Although it sounds like they didn't actually go out tonight but we'll look into that. Uh, There's a chat room component. We've got about nine people in there tonight interacting. That's always good stuff. And um, if you can't support the show monetarily, just check out um, iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcast from, and leave us a little rating or review there. That helps the show to grow and also puts a little fuel in our tank. Additional information from this episode, including links and images, can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 108. So we'll have links to Justin's bikes, a couple of images there. You can leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. And much like Justin, I'm usually the one doing the replying. (laughs) (laughs) Brother Hogan, kickstands up. Kickstands up, baby. Ride it like you built it. All right, Johnny John. That's a new one. All right, everyone be safe. Thanks, guys. Later. you for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate <laughs>